Welcome back to this new podcast. My name is Nick. This is Stock Market with Nick. And today we're going to see three stocks that you should be considering buying or adding to your portfolio if your goal as an investor is to building a long-term portfolio, a strong portfolio, and to obviously make quite money or, yes, quite money of your st- of the stocks you own. So these three companies I'm, I will share with you today are, in my opinion, obviously one of the best of the yeah, la, le creme de la creme as French people say, um, of the stock market. Obviously, there are th- this uh, three stocks are uh, U.S. stocks. They they are listed in the United States, New York Stock Exchange. So if you are American or if you use dollars for investment, you will have no problem in buying these stocks. So two of the three stocks we're going to talk about are from the same industry, are almost the same. They are quite the same, not exactly exactly the same company, but very, very similar, same industries, same sector, and same or quite similar business models. So you will see this in the few in the next minutes. So before we start, obviously make a little um, a little bit a little disclaimer. This is just my opinion as a private investor and as I am like the CEO of my own investment fund here in Europe. So this is not an advice. I'm not. Your, uh, I'm not your financial advisor, so please take this as a uh, as what it is. It's just a podcast, just my opinion. So please do not follow me just because I said something. Make your own research and study if the, if those companies are for you. If they are, uh, if you like the business model, if you do not, if you don't like it, if you think these businesses are going to still doing great in the next 10 years, 20 years, I, I don't know, just make your own research, this is just my personal opinion. So once I said this, let's get started and let's start by the first company. The first company is Visa, ticker VAV, you know, Visa, the biggest credit card company and well, I think everyone here is, uh, know Visa or has uh, used in the past or in the present products of Visa, but for those who don't know, that I think there will be a little bit, just a little bit percentage of you, but this is a credit card company and debit card company. It's a financial company and its core business is basically um, um, having commissions for the, the banks, for um, helping the banks offering credit cards and debit cards for helping their users to pay and use, obviously, their their money or their credit, etc., so the business model of Visa is not a, it's not charging the consumer. If you have a Visa credit card, every time you make a payment, you are you're not paying commission. Okay, the business model of Visa, where where the business model of Visa is, is in the in the business owner. I mean the one who has the the TP. Okay, the. the I don't know how you say it in English, the, the, the device when you put the car, that's at least in Spain it's called TP and Europe it's called TP. So there is the business owner who pays a fee to Visa for accepting payments by using the card. So the business model of Visa is very, very smart because they have they have such an amount of people using their cards every day that the business owner is more or less uh, obligated. He, he is like, yes, he has to pay Visa in 
yes or yes. I mean, he cannot say, well, I'm not using Visa anymore because they will lose a lot of uh, percentage of their customers because they obviously use almost like the 40% or something like that of the the revenue share of the credit card and debit card markets is for for Visa, so it's practically it's almost a monopoly. It's a monopoly, and the business owners are quite like obligated to to pay those that fees to Visa. And another thing, in, and another thing interesting of uh, Visa's model is that they have a lot of pricing power. I mean, when you have such an amount of millions of people using your products, I mean, obviously businesses that pays you, and obviously a lot of banks and a lot of people that has the credit card or debit card with you, what happens is that you can uh, rise your commissions, you can rise your earnings uh, without seeing uh, your business model damnified, without without seeing a down in the users or without seeing a down in the in the yes in the user base. Because everyone uses Visa, so what happens is that if Visa um, rise five percent their commissions, the business owner and the and the banks will have to to pay that. I mean, there is no other thing. They have such a pricing power that it's one of the best businesses for investors because it's a monopoly. It's a very strong business. They have a lot of network effect because they have millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people, of users all around the world. It's diversified because Visa is in the States, is in the Europe, is in China, well, is in Asia, is in India, is in uh, Australia, is in Canada, Latin America, etc. It's super diversified, so it has nothing. It The risk or geographical risks are are very at quite low and the other thing is that obviously it's a very very strong company with a very strong pricing power so that's like the best thing a investor can search for obviously right now visa is not a, in a very low valuation because you know great businesses used to be in a great valuations in not not high but great but not not cheap valuations right now visa is quite uh, quite close to all time highs at least in the, in the stock market and now the p ratio is more than is 31 times earnings this could be a little bit uh, high in my opinion it could uh, in my opinion it's quite high okay i will wait till i see in 27 28 times earnings uh, but it still is one of the best companies ever so if you have visa bought at this valuations don't worry it's not a problem at least in my opinion so first company we're gonna we're, i'm gonna talk about visa the second co- company I'm going to talk about, and as I said before, it was like the same company as Visa, but with another name and the same business, the same business model, the same market, etc. And obviously, I'm talking about MasterCard. MasterCard, it's the same as Visa, obviously, another, um, yes, another financial provider of uh, credit card debit card obviously the business model is exactly the same okay the same as visa they don't charge the user they charge the business uh, the business owner and the banks for helping them with an older network of clients and all the network and uh, technologically and financially for for um, for making the, the credit cards and the debit cards so the investment hypothesis is like the same as visa 
Mustard got stock is trading right now at $460 and in a value, if we take a look at to its valuation, we see that the price to earnings ratio, I mean the P ratio, is at 39 times earnings. This could be, well, this is higher obviously than Visa. Let's uh, let's remember that, then that Visa was trading at 31 times earnings. MasterCard is trading at 39, but we see here that we can see that MasterCard is a quite um, smaller company, so they have more room for growth. I mean, MasterCard is right now, uh, it has a market cap of around $400 billion, while Visa has a um, market cap of $500 billion. So that's $100 billion less in MasterCard. And obviously, as a, when, you have a, when you have a small company, you have more room to grow. That's, this is the, the reason why the P ratio, but forward, I mean, taking in account the... The projected or the yes, the projected revenue that Mastercard will have during the next twelve months it's three times three four times earnings. Why Visa One was um, around twenty eight? Yes, twenty eight. This means that Mastercard has at least uh, we attend to the analyst has more room to grow and has more projected re revenue growth during the next twelve months. What I do like uh, about Mastercard is that it's like um, is that it's the same as Visa. It has obviously it's a monopolistic company. It's like Visa and Mastercard has have a um, sort of um, oligopoly when where you know if a bank does does not want to use Visa has to use Mastercard because they have a lot of hundreds of millions of, of users and have a lot of millions of businesses that accept their credit cards. And again, it's a very diversified company because Mastercard is. In the United States, it's in America, Latin America, but it's also in Europe, Asia, Oceania, Canada, whatever. So it's obviously a, a quite diversified company, the same as Visa. The thing, maybe between both, I will select Visa because they have a little bit of more, they have like more revenue share. Well, they have more market share of the global credit and debit card market. But and MasterCard right now, I think it's quite expensive. If we attend to the valuation. Yes, obviously, MasterCard is a smaller company, so analysts think that MasterCard is going to grow more than, than Visa during the next five years, but I still prefer Visa because I think the, the forward P is cheaper, P is cheaper, and they have more revenue market share. So I think Visa is here the, the, the smartest choice. But if you can select both, I would select both. You have absolutely, a, if you buy MasterCard stocks and Visa stocks, you will absolutely have the control and you ha will have a stake in the whole credit and debit card market. So I think they are two stocks that can't not... Um, that you cannot miss in your portfolio if um, if you invest if you're a long-term investor if you do swing trading you do day trading you do another things it's okay but if you do long-term investment you need companies that have uh, competitive advantages strong and competitive advantages as visa and mastercard they have network effects they have pricing power they have everything that investor wants to see in the stock so second stock i will buy or at least i will consider buying is mastercard and the third and the last but not least stock that I will consider buying if you are a long-term investor is DE. The ticker is DE, Deer and Company. It's traded in the New York Stock Exchange. It's a farm company, a farm machinery company, let's say that. 
uh, tractors, uh, whatever, a lot of farm machinery, farm-related machinery. It's a very, very old company, John Deere & Company. I think if you live in the US or if you live in Europe, I think you obviously you have seen one of John Deere & Co. products for sure. And why Deere & Company is so is a so interesting business for invest in the long term? Well, it's because it's based on agriculture. When we talk about agriculture, it's like, remember the, when, we, when the humans started being human? Uh, when did the society start developing uh, fast? Well, when society discovered agriculture, and in other farm things, okay? But agriculture is like the best, this is the core of the civilization. So when you have the global leader of, of farm machinery, that's John Deere and company, when you have a sector like agriculture that we need agriculture, yes or yes. I mean, there's not, option, there's not an option. Agriculture will not disappear in 5, 10, 15, 20, 100 years, okay? We always will need agriculture. So what best to, what better? than buying the the leader here in the, in the sector I know there's a lot there's a lot of uh, companies um, related with the with agriculture with farm but in my opinion John Deere machinery one it's the the one who offers the best uh, return over investment in long term I mean let's talk about the stock okay I think has not doesn't need introduction it's now it's right now it's trading at 11 times uh, earnings PE of 11 and forward PE of 11 too so obviously it's a very mature sector. Uh, analysts don't think that this company is going to grow so much in the next five years, but it's a very, very defensive company. And the company has um, improved their margins, their profit margins during the last 20 years. For example, if you, if you had bought... Um, John Deere stocks in the 29 in 2009 okay that this is more than 20 years ago but obviously John Deere was a very big company in 2009 so it's not so it's not like well if you have bought a, a Apple or Meta stocks in 2009 you now will be super millionaire because in 2009 those tech stocks were not that big that as they are today but in this case John Deere was a very very big company and was a leader in 2009. Well, if you had bought stocks in, of Deer and Cow uh, in 2009 at $3.44 per share, right now you will be making a 60,000% profit. Let me say it again, 60,000% profit in obviously 20 years, well, a little bit more of 20 years, but man, that's a lot of money for a company that's mature, it's not a tech company and has no so much volatility. If you had bought um, John Deere stocks in 2020, this is three years ago, right now your investment will be worth 287% more than three years ago. Yes, three, uh, close to 300% of return for a farm company. For a farm company, it's, this is not technology, this is not a software engineer, this is not AI, crypto, no, 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 this is just farm, a machinery farm company. Simple business, simple margins, simple a lot of network effect, a lot of um, cost advantages, a lot of network, yes, a lot of pricing power too. This is, in my opinion, one of the best companies you can have in your portfolio. So third and last company of this podcast, DE, Deer & Company. 
So I hope you like this podcast. If you did, uh, please rate it with five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podcast Addict, whatever you're listening this. Um, Nick, and see you in the next in the next episode. Bye.